Hello, boys and ghouls. Cat here. It's episode five of our Behind the Screen series, where we're exploring the world of fear, shock, and horror by talking to tastemakers in the genre. I cannot tell you how excited I am to bring you this interview with Roto Sayagas, one of the creative minds behind Evil Dead 2013 and Don't Breathe, two of the biggest horror movies of the last few years. I love learning what makes people tick horror-wise, and I also love finding out little behind-the-scenes nuggets from my favorite movies, and Roto did not disappoint. Enjoy! Stay as close as you can to the mic. And we're recording, so I'm just going to probably lean a little more towards you. Um, hi. Hello. How, how are you doing? You? I'm doing great. Um, we had a little technical difficulty, and you were so kind to help me fix yeah. that shit. Um, we Googled it. Yeah. No. Give yourself more credit. Um, so I'm white, and I'm going to give this an attempt. I'm here with Roto Sayagas. Perfect. Did I do it? Perfect. I looked it up. Your name is Rodolfo. That's my yes. name. I was like, what's the, what is that short for? And then I looked yeah. it up and I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought when, when I first came to the U.S., I thought Rodo was going to be easier to pronounce than Rodolfo, but, it's, but I, I was totally wrong. It's, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> Fucking work. white Nobody, people, fucking Americans <laughs> are like, what, what, what yeah. are you calling yourself? They, yeah, they, they never get it. They, they get like Frodo, Rollo. Ugh. And Rodolfo, it's easier. Well, so. Frodo is like yours and Fede's like celebrity yeah, actually, buddy name. Right. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. I've thought about that. Um, <laughs> so Rodo, of course, is the co-writer for Evil Dead 2013, co-writer for and producer for Don't Breathe, which I'm such a huge fan of. I love Thank you, both Fede. of those movies, and I love how humble you are. It's re- it's really it's really re- lovely and refreshing. <laughs> Um, and we're here just to talk about all kinds of fun stuff. Um, Perfect. Because, you know, why not? And we're sitting in your offices um, on Santa Monica Boulevard. So if you hear any cars going by, it's because um, we're looking out of a gorgeous, like, giant window looking out to the street. And there's exposed brick. And it's the coolest office ever. <laughs> <I think. laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to give you some good establishing questions. I want to learn a little bit about, because I couldn't find a ton of stuff about you. That's why this is a really fun opportunity. Great. And most of it's going to be about horror and your relationship to horror because I think that's such a good foundation for why you do what you do and what you like about it. And also, um, I, one of my ideas about this podcast and these interviews that I'm doing is I want people who are listening, who are interested in getting into writing or directing or whatever, to kind of find something to relate to and maybe get some advice about what, you know, how you did it. Yeah. All right. What scared you as a child, and uh, what was your first introduction to horror? Uh, I, I, I was brought up in a, a Christian community, 
So uh, everything related to the uh, Christian Catholic iconography and, and mythology was very interesting to me and very scary as well. I, I, I always thought that uh, it not, not only the, the idea of the devil and demons is scary, all, all the rest is scary too, right? Oh, like, like you, you mean you Jesus on a cross with like, his hands impaled? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, <laughs> we don't I think about it, do we? But like, that's crazy. So scary. Because, I, I, you know, um, as a kid, they told me that story so many times that you kind of like feel... Okay, it's normal, right? But uh, but then you start realizing, wait a second, I'm like walking into a church and then this guy that's all bloody hanging from a wall and a cross and a wall and nails like and you can see the blood. Up and like, there with blood. Yeah, and, and, like, yeah. and, then, and then you look up and there's like the saints that are looking at you from up there with sometimes with like swords and stuff. I was like, wow, this is this Were you is, ever in church, like, after hours, and you could see those figures kind of, like, in, in the darkness? And yeah. then you, they're, they're, like, always there. You know that they're there at 3 in the morning, just quietly Listen, in the dark. I, when, I was, when, I was, when I was 10, I, I, I attended this uh, very Christian school, and I would, like, sneak out of class with a couple of friends that I kind of brainwashed and convinced to do this. <laughs> and, and we would go to, there was, like, a chapel, pretty fancy with all the you know, statues and stuff and, and we would go in there and I was like pitching that I was starting a sect or something like that so I would go to the, oh I would go to the altar which is like a forbidden place only the priest would go there and I would go there and I open the, the the Bible and randomly like pick a page like pretending that I was like possessed or you know like a messenger of some entity or whatever and I would pick a page my friends would be the audience shaking and, I, and yeah. like terrified and want to be they want to be at home in bed yeah. and they're and, with and the weird kid who's yeah, like freaking yeah. them out and, and and i would read something whatever and then i would like come up with a meaning for that whatever thing that i read on the bible and and it was always like the, the point was to tell them a, a, a scary story based on that random thing that i read on the bible so as a kid i think Everything related to, to the uh, Christian religion, of course, uh, the idea of the devil and the, um, the symbolism, you know, that would scare me a lot. So one day uh, around that age, I saw The Exorcist and it totally fucked me up for good. Yeah. You and I, I talked about that a little bit before. Yeah. It's, uh, destroy yeah. me. I had to go. I mean, I watched that movie I wasn't supposed to watch it of course my I don't know why there was a VHS with that movie around how around home I don't know and I just watched it and then I called my mom like I'm I need like I'm dying I was I couldn't breathe and I didn't go all the way through the movie I think it uh, I don't remember exactly what point I was like okay this is enough I you know, like my heart was pounding so so bad. They had to tell me. They had to take me to the to the ER. Oh my god! Yeah, because I, I wouldn't like calm down. You know, I was like totally. I was freaking out. I recently found some footage, um, I on YouTube of like it was people after, before, and after. Right, you know, in 1973. Yeah. Whatever that before and after seeing the movie and sometimes in the middle like they were interviewing people there was a woman like face down on a bench and she was like I can't go back in there <laughs> yeah. and it was so wonderful to yeah. see the, yeah. because we, we now we, we go well, that's just like 
something we all know. We all know the movie. We've seen it. Yeah. But to see people's reactions then, when they'd never seen anything like that, yeah. and it shook. It must people. have been amazing. It must have been totally crazy. Well, you, I mean. I can't believe you went to yeah. the ER. Yeah, I had to. I had. To. I mean, my mom was scared because I was like, I couldn't even breathe. Uh, and yeah, I had to go there. I don't know, they gave me some sedative or whatever, and I was fine. But uh, and from that point on, that movie became my my favorite movie of all time, probably. Yeah. yeah. So what scares you now? You know what? Uh, the you know, I wish I wish I could feel I could still feel the same way and get and be as vulnerable to those things as I was when I was a kid, but I'm not anymore. Yeah. So I I'm like looking and I'm I'm, I'm on the search to find the equivalent. You know, something that will hit me and shock me the way those movies movies like The Exorcist of the Omen did uh, when I was a kid. And I think. Um, Anything related to madness, craziness, like losing your mind, yeah. like uh, The Shining, anything related to that kind of scares me because it's something so real and, it, you know. It, it can happen and it might. Yeah, and, and it, it probably will at some point, you know, yeah. when you get old. But the, 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 the scary thing is that you won't even notice. That's what what's really scary for me. Like you're turning into... Transforming into another human being, and you're not even aware of that. Stephen King has said that's his number one fear: is like losing his mind. Not yeah, I think he, he lost it like <laughs> a long, long time ago. A long time ago, yeah. But but yeah, that 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 really scares me. Really, really scares me. I saw that movie, um, the Julianne Moore movie, Still Alice. It's a yeah. drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie, like she's like pissing herself, and like she doesn't know her husband, and she's giving herself clues to. Um, remember to kill herself when she can't answer yeah. questions in her in her phone notes anymore yeah. and it's like that movie gave me nightmares it's, yeah can you yeah. imagine i can't even imagine yeah. it's totally crazy so that i think that uh scares me and in uh fit and i are working on 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 a couple of projects that that revolve around those concepts yeah those ideas i love that um, I already know your your favorite horror movie is The Exorcist, yes. right? Would you think that's the scariest of all time yes. for for yes. you for sure? Yes, for sure. When my when I was I remember when when I first saw that because my my brother showed me. I think a lot of people had siblings that showed them movies before they were supposed to see them. Yeah. My, I mean, my mom showed me like Halloween when I was a kid, but that movie's not bloody. It's really yeah. scary. Yeah. But. She told my brother, don't show her The Exorcist. <laughs> and we we were staying at my grandparents for like a, a summer. And it came on like HBO or something one night. And we stayed up late. He showed it to me. And then I went to bed the next night. And it was summertime, so we had the windows open. And there were curtains that, that were blowing. And my brother pointed at the curtains. There's a shot in The Exorcist. And it's before, I think, before she gets possessed where the windows are kind of just blowing. Yes. It has nothing to do with anything. It's just yeah. a beautiful shot in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother was like... Do you remember that? He yeah. goes, that's how, that's how he gets in. That's how he gets You're going to get possessed. Yeah. And he was like, good night, peace. And like left, <laughs> left, left me in the room. Like, of course, probably left the closet doors open. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't even think I can still watch that movie by myself. It is. It, it, it is it's still pretty scary. Because this, the thing with that movie is that it's, it's not just, it's not a horror movie. It's a really, really freaking good drama just good filmmaking. 
everything is great. Actors are great. Uh, cinematography is great. The editing is beautiful. Uh, the, the, the writing is amazing, the way they write the scenes, uh, they get in and out of the scenes, it's really, really cool, I love it. And the directing is amazing, so everything is so uh, well done and effective that, uh, I don't know, it's one of those movies that transcends the, the genre, and, and that's why I like, uh, as well as, as The Shining, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. It's like really good uh, film directors, you know, having an adventure, like, in the horror genre and yeah. that's that's beautiful yeah. I like it uh, what's your favorite subgenre do you uh, is it like super is it is it possession stuff is it um, um, what do you I, like to if you're kicking back you're like I'm gonna watch a horror movie are you going yeah. for me I usually go for slashers for some reason yeah. I don't know why I think I think uh, it, it, it will either be like psychological scary thrillers or or religious kind of horror are you watching, by the way, are you watching The Exorcist TV show? No. I'd be interested Is to see good? what you think. I, I'm kind of loving it. Oh, really? It. I'm kind of digging it. I, yeah, the, pro, uh, the thing, I'm pretty sure it's good, but I, I, I find it very, very hard to, to follow TV shows. I'm, I, my ADD is off the charts. So the, the fact, I'm, I'm, I'm start watching a pilot and then halfway through it, or, or it finishes and I'm like, oh, that was cool. And then I'm like, there's how many more? Yeah. 25 there's like overwhelming fuck it i'm not gonna forget about it. that's why some of these limited run series like uh the night of on hbo yes. like you you that knock I, that yeah. shit out in like a day yes. and you're like whoa i just like accomplished yeah. something and then you yeah. can forget it. you know it's not Absolutely. this is why people keep asking me like well you love horror movies you why aren't you watching the walking dead and i'm yeah. like first of all too much hype yeah. Second of all, there's like seven or eight seasons. Like I, I don't know how to start that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's just cr- don't. It's crazy. One day it'll happen. Yeah, and also I think Walking Dead is not even horror. Walking no, Dead is like a soap opera. It's a soap opera. <laughs> That's why it, it is. is. I watched the first couple episodes, and I remember being kind of scared by the first episode. It was really yeah. cool. From what I understand, though, it's kind of devolved into that. Yeah, it's just it's just thing. It, it, it's very hard to to uh, to to bring horror to TV because the the Scares and horror works once. It won't work every week in every episode. You know, it's like after a while, it's like The Walking Dead is, is, is the absolute proof of this. Is after a while, zombies zombies are not scary anymore. Yeah. So you have to go into something else. Um, so I, I yeah I do watch like limited series like True Detective. I watched it, mm-hmm. uh, loved it. The Night of as well, and uh, I don't remember Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, if they're short. Then, then I, uh, I watch it. Uh, the only one that I watched the whole season was Breaking Bad, and I watched that in like probably four days. Is yeah. we were gonna we were gonna go pitch a TV show to AMC, and I was like, I, I cannot go into the this is their without having seen uh, Breaking Bad. So I went on and saw the whole thing. It's like five or six seasons. Like I mean, that days. one's not hard to binge though. No, that was amazing. It just guts you. It's so. No, I don't think I've ever seen a TV show that good. No, it's amazing. I don't think uh, I ever really yeah, can. I think it goes. It, it gets. It slows down. It gets a little bit. I wouldn't say boring, but not as good in the, like the third or fourth season somewhere there. But then it picks up again. Uh, no, it was. It was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Do you have a favorite sequel? Of you know, a favorite part two of any franchise? Of anything? Yeah, of course. Terminator Two. <laughs> yeah. Terminator 2. That's a good one. I wouldn't say that it's better than the first one, but it's as good as the first one. Yeah, I love it. 
Yeah, did I saw ever, the movie like a mil- million times. Did you ever go to Universal, either Orlando or LA, um, and yeah. see the Terminator stunt show? No, I haven't seen that one. I was in that for it's not. They closed it in Hollywood, um, but they, there was a stunt show at Universal Studios. There still is. They still have the Terminator show in, in Osaka, Japan, at Universal there, yeah. at the one in Florida. They shut the one down in L.A. to make way for the fucking Despicable Me thing. Okay. But it was, you would have loved it. If you love Terminator, it was um, it was this show where the audience, like, they, they get this introduction from a Cyberdyne representative, and that's who I played. She's not in. Oh, you were, you were there. I was, on, I was in the show. You do, we do, like, ten shows a day. But um, her, this character, her name was Kimberly Duncan, she... Uh, was not in any of the movies, but they ended up putting her in like uh, some some iteration later on, just as a small bit part, as like kind of a joke. But she's like kind of evil corporate representative. Yeah. She shows like a like a video um, uh, demonstration of Cyberdyne systems, and then Sarah Connor breaks into the feed, and she's like trying to maintain. Then they move into an auditorium, and then my character would do uh, start a presentation, huge like seven hundred seat auditorium. Yeah. Everybody has the three D glasses. Oh, cool. Um, a uh, T-1000 like came out of the screen and walks over to me and, and strangles me. So we had like a like a um, <laughs> hydraulic lift under my feet so I could like no rise way. up. And so then cool. So like 10, my job was 10 times a day like getting choked to death by a T-1000 <laughs> and dying and then getting, and then the whole section of the stage I was on would lower all the way under the stage and then I'd roll off the fall pad and run up like four flights of stairs to do it again. Best job I've ever had. It was so much fun. <laughs> That's cool. It's very cool. Yeah, I I, I, I've, I've been to the Universal uh, Park many, many times, and I don't. I think I, uh, I missed it. I, it wasn't there anymore. Actually, we had we had a we had a, um, an Evil Dead uh, maze on Halloween Horror Nights when Evil Dead came out, mm-hmm. 2013. They built the whole thing there. It was it was pretty cool. You know the the Halloween Horror Nights. They do this like basic yes. moves, whatever. And they did one for Evil Dead. It was it was crazy. How, did I God, did I go through that one? It would be weird if I didn't. Did I? It was yes. It was oh my short. God! Wow! I just blanked my. First of all, okay. Um, yes, I did because I remember being completely blown away by all of the casting, especially the guy with the glasses was so. Whatever actor I ran across in yeah. that maze was so good. That's good. He was like <laughs> talking to us, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And he was like my my favorite, one of my favorite characters in the movies. He's so funny. Um, yes. Oh my god! I can't believe I blanked on that. I have. I do it anyway, but I have a hard time with horror nights. Like I, yeah. I don't like the smells. They do the like terrible smells. I don't remember if the Evil Dead maze smelled bad. They know, probably did some like rotting meat because they love doing that. Um, <laughs> that was a great maze. I remember yeah, that maze. The, the, oh my god, that was a good one. It was so packed as we we were there for the opening night and and the line was like two hours. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And then the the maze was like three minutes. Yeah. I've only ever gone uh, to Halloween Horror Nights uh, on employee preview night when the yeah. lines are a little less long. Okay, yeah. um, I don't know how people do it without buying that VIP pass that gets you the front of the line because yeah. then you stand. And no wonder people get like shit faced and really drunk and end up yeah. getting kicked out for touching the actors because yeah. they don't have anything else to do but drink beer and stand in line for two hours <laughs> for a three minute maze. Yeah, like, the whole night you you would you're lucky if you get to go to two mazes and that's it. And they don't control the crowd really well, and you wind up like conga lining. You're like you're like yeah. butt to you, like just with strangers, and you miss all the scares. Yeah, Do you like yeah. going to haunted houses? By the way, would you have gone if you hadn't <laughs> had a maze there? Oh, should I say this? Or? 
I wouldn't have. Uh-huh. I wouldn't have because I, I, I just can't uh, handle that many people. Yeah. It was bananas. It was crazy. Like hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people. You know, yeah. like it was. I've never seen the Universal Park like that. Uh, but it was go cool. It was crazy cool. for Halloween yeah. Horror Nights. Yeah. What about the smaller haunts? Have you gotten into any of the ones like like for the friends of mine run Creep LA, which is one of these immersive ones where they can touch you. They don't. Yeah. Like do crazy, they don't waterboard you like they do in Blackout, but they do like you know they'll they'll guide you somewhere, make you crawl through stuff. Do you, do you? I've never if it's done, more personalized, I, I where it's to. like six of you together. Yeah, I'm gonna bring you next year. I want to do it in 2017. We're gonna do creep. You're gonna, I think you're gonna love it because it's not okay. it's not like jump out at you and scare yeah. you. It's like beautiful cinematic, like weird scenes where you walk away from it. And you're like, what did I just do? <laughs> Any anticipation of like. I don't know what's gonna happen when I go in there. Ugh. And by the way, like five years ago, you couldn't have paid me to do this stuff. I really? like forced myself to get over that fear. But I'm, I wanted. I never heard about it. I want to do it. Oh man, LA, LA is is has become this like epicenter of immersive haunted houses. So um, there's like Neil Patrick Harris is co-producing this one called Delusion. That's like pretty expensive, but I hear they do like stunt work, wire work. It's like totally crazy. Um, but it's most of these newer immersive haunts are less about like, which is fun. And they're more about like, you know, you're, some of them get kind of sexy. So like suddenly you're in a room with an actor who's like whispering in your ear and you're by yourself and you're like, what is happening? And why am I scared and turned on? Like, it's very weird. Um, yeah, it's, it's like for the, I think it's speaking to what you talk about where you're like, nothing scares me anymore. I think a lot of horror fans are like that. We've seen everything. Yeah. We're like, oh, Serbian film. Well, I can yeah, just yeah, kill yeah, myself yeah. now. Uh, but you can't, it's like, it's hard to get that reaction. And for me, like the thing that gets that for me now is going to some of these immersive haunted houses and standing outside of them and going like, okay, why, why, why am I here? I don't want to be here. This is I hate this. And then, like, yes. And then you get past the first, like, 10 minutes of it, and then you're having a good time. And so it's long. It's a long ride. The creep experience last year, um, this year in October, was like you had like a a little bit of like a 10 minutes of like kind of an introductory thing. And then they put you in a lounge with like actors who were interspersed who like helped tell you like parts of the story. And then it was like a 30 minute experience once you got into it. Of like different scenes with different actors. Um, oh, it's almost impossible to describe. But I'm such a huge I fan of it. I, I love it so it. much. I'll drag you there. Um, favorite franchise. Favorite franchise. Oh yeah. Rocky. Really? You know, I don't it's think one I've of those things. All that, of them. I'm so, I'm so it's embarrassed. One, it's one of those things that that uh, you know you watch so many times growing up and. And it's many things combined. First of all, Rocky One, it's a great, amazing drama. Amazing. Most yeah. people don't know that, but Rocky One had many, many nominations for Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, it won Best Picture of the Year. Yeah. Uh, Sylvester Stallone was nominated for, for writing. Sylvester Stallone, right? It's wild. He was nominated for writing. And as an actor, too, I mean, uh, actually, Sylvester Stallone is the only guy. There's only three guys in the history of Hollywood that were nominated with, uh, at the same time with the same movie for uh, producers, writing, and acting. And those are uh, Arson Wells and Charlie Chaplin 
answer my question. Holy shit! Yes. When you put I'm it not that saying, way, I'm not saying that he's at that level, but, but, but I mean, I mean, it's credit quite where a, it's due. Quite yeah, Rocky's great. Yeah, and 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 then the, the, all the rest really change, and they really turn into this popcorn, silly. Uh, I crowd saw the one. Movies. I saw. What did I see uh, a couple years back? Might have been a few, quite a few. Milo, the guy from uh, Heroes was in it. Milo Ventimiglia, whatever his name is. Uh, he played, it was the son. Uh, uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there was. was it, called, it was called Rocky Balboa, Rocky Balboa. I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember seeing that. It was that's, totally a popcorn movie. Yeah, that's like, that's his sixth one. Yeah. So all the rest were like, I wouldn't say bad because they're not bad and I watch them and I enjoy them, but they're like definitely a different thing from Rocky One. But for some reason, you know, it's just one of those franchises that stuck in my heart you know? yeah and you just like it and love it and i, I love it so actually uh, uh last 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 year one of these pre-oscar parties uh that our agency was 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 doing i i meet stallone oh. and you know he was just there hanging having a drink alone and hey hello it's a pleasure to meet you whatever and then suddenly He's like, hey, see someone, and this someone is Carl Weathers, who is huh? Apollo Creed. Yeah. And at that point, Stallone stopped being Stallone and, and turned into Rocky and Apollo. I was like, oh my god, that's probably the craziest moment ever. Oh my god, I'm imagining your face just frozen. You're like, hey. I was, huh? I was in the movie. I was in the movie. It's like <laughs> Rocky and Apollo, and they were like, mm. and it was funny because they shook hands in a very like manly, you know. Uh, muscular way like oh you know like kind of like oh my like, God. like a, 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 a action movie handshake you know <laughs> it was it was it was interesting that's a hollywood moment yeah that's that's a hollywood moment i had one last night i met courtney love you did yeah i mean wow. I'm, I'm not a fan of her music or anything but uh, but it like it kind of like shook me because uh, it struck me because it, she's like a part of like modern rock history. Oh my right? god, absolutely! Like, wow, I saw um, a couple a couple of springs ago. I don't remember if it was last last May. I saw Lana Del Rey. I went to go yeah. see her at the Hollywood Bowl, and Courtney Love opened for her. Oh really? And it what like I was going to see Lana, and that was exciting. And then when I found out Courtney Love was opening, I had that moment of like, oh, that'll be cool. And then I was sitting there with my best friend, and she starts playing, and she's playing. All of the classic songs that I grew up listening to, yeah. and I again, I'm not, I'm like yeah. you, I'm not a huge fan, but I was like, we are seeing, I mean, in many ways, like a living legend. This yeah, is, yeah, you know? I mean, and she was great, by the way. She was so sassy, yeah. like she was like calling out crap members of the crowd, and like she played <laughs> really, like she's she's incredible. She's yeah. great. She sang, she sounded really good. Her playing wow. was really good. She didn't disappoint. It was, yeah. it was really cool. I also like Lana Del Rey. And I actually like, just discovered her a couple of months ago. Yeah. And there's this one album that's so good. Yeah. What, do you, do um, you know which one? Born to Die. Yeah. That's my favorite one, too. So good. You know, you, she gets, um, at least her fans kind of get a reputation for being like pretentious or something. Because they all, and by the way, at the, at the concert, all of them were wearing like giant flower crowns. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, be more like that. But... I, it's, it's weird. Um, I started, I was in like a terrible moment in my life when I first discovered her music and I would just listen to, this is like very personal, but <laughs> I started the sentence, so I'm going to finish it. I would like play Born to Die and cry. I would just yeah. fall asleep crying and listening to it and it got me through. And then, um, what is, is American on, um, 
the second album, I think. Um, anyway, that song too. But I, I don't know what it is about her music. I love, I also love, uh, to me, she feels like a pop culture artist who really knows what she's doing because yeah. she's, she portrays this like image of Americana, like, like vintage, like she's doing something no one else is doing and her voice yeah. is ridiculous. Her voice is amazing and it's the crazy. writing is amazing. Uh, yeah. That, that album is really, really good. It's, it has this melancholy uh, vibe and sexy. I don't know. I, yeah, I just, it's I just incredible. Like I love to hear you say that. I think she's crazy. <laughs> she's crazy good. Um, yeah, I think we should go back to horror because that, uh, people, you know, no, this listening is listening to this thing this is, is like they're good. talking about Lana the Ray. This is we, we spent thirty <laughs> seconds on Lana. She can she can have thirty seconds. She can have thirty seconds. Who's your favorite horror director? Or it can be of any genre, really. But do you have a favorite? If, uh, n- n- no, I don't. I don't think I have a favorite director. I just you know I like for instance The Exorcist. Uh, William Friedkin, Friedkin directed that movie and then but he's not a horror director he's just a film director yeah. and then he made uh, The French Connection which is a fucking amazing movie uh, I loved his work um, of course growing up Spielberg was like the guy also James Cameron which uh, I think is like, the smartest guy in the industry for the past 20 years yeah uh, not only because he's, he's I mean the way he manages his, his career but the way he conceives ideas and, and he decides what project he's going to do may uh, do next, you know, it's it's, it's very 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 smart, very smart. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Then I like. I mean, I like. I think all my my, my great director, uh, my sort of my favorite directors are uh, the great directors from the from the seventies. You know, like Coppola and uh, Scorsese, Polanski. Polanski is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, every time I watch Rosemary's Baby, I realize yeah. how I, and I read that a couple, like when I was in college, I remember reading that book. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Rosemary's Baby. And not to knock, I think it's, was it Ira Levin who wrote that? Um, it's not, it's not a remarkable novel. It's yeah. short and it's good, but it's kind of like toilet reading. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God, I don't mean it belongs. To, I just mean like it's such light hope, reading, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's good, but yeah. it wasn't like a, a really incredibly beautifully written like prose. Yeah. Um, it, but it's a good story, but the movie is like a masterpiece. Yeah. It's shocking it is. how good it is. It is. It's, it, that's the thing with, with, with novels and, and, and movies. And a lot of people, like a lot of people tell me like, Hey, I, I read this novel. And it's amazing. You guys should uh, make a movie off of it. And, and there are so such different mediums that, that most of the times uh, a story that works for a novel would not work on a movie. Uh, and, and sometimes not so great novels have a really cool concept that then it's really good in a movie. Yeah. Like uh, Rosemary's Baby. It's, yeah. it's an amazing concept. So many of Stephen King's incredible books turn into such shit. Like, yeah. n- like yeah. nearly none of his books turn yeah. into great movies they just yeah. don't adapt well yeah yeah absolutely it's a it's it takes you know a lot of years to kind of like um refine your um how do you say the ability to understand when a story can become a movie you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know what you mean. I wish I had, like, I'm impressed by, <laughs> that's a skill I it's, haven't honed, but I think that's really, it's, it's cool when yeah. people have an eye for that. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard to, to 
also you know like when, on all our uh, real life events you know like uh, something happened whatever and you think oh there should be a movie about that most of the time it's, it wouldn't work yeah. like you, there's like certain things that you need to have that the story needs to have in its DNA you know to to uh, to to transform into a good movie yeah favorite bad guy favorite bad guy the bland guy in Don't Breathe yeah <laughs> he's pretty he's pretty good He's, he's great because Actually, you because because you because you don't know immediately exactly who he is. Yes, you learn more about him yeah. the entire length of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a complex bad guy. I'm I'm actually joking. I'm really kidding. Uh, <laughs> but now that I think about it, he's probably in the top five. Uh, I I just like I mean I like not because of the writing or anything, but I love uh, the way Stephen Lang brought it brought into life and how he added a lot of things that are in the movie that, that were not in the script. A lot of small details that actually tell you how seriously he took the job and he, like the way he approached the, the construction of the character, he was like dead serious about it. You know? and, and for instance, I know there's, there's uh, all around the house, if you guys have seen Don't Breathe, there's, you'll notice that there's uh, on the hallways, there's like this like stains in the wall, like lines. And that was his ideas. He was he was thinking if if I've been blind for the, so many years and I'm walking around like touching the walls, it should be dirty. It should be there should be a mark, right? right? And all those guys and he came up with many of those things that were like so uh, insightful, you know, and, and 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 smart and thoughtful. I he he brought up a, I can't remember right now, but several things like that 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 breathe a lot of move a lot of uh, life into the character in the right. movie. Uh, so but the end result is uh, I, I love it. I love it. He's menacing, scary. He's emotional. He leaves like an open window into his emotions and his uh, psyche. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I I enjoy it. I enjoy it. There's something I've always I my I love Michael Myers because there's no reason why he's unless you go to the Rob Zombies but there's no reason why he's evil. Um, yeah. He's just he's just purely and simply yeah. evil, right? And I think there's something very scary about that. But yeah. the older I get, um, and I will never not, that will never not be my favorite movie, but the older I get, the more I appreciate, mm. I think it's because I have a better sense of my own mortality and, I be, and I'm scared of human beings um, because <laughs> of like, the crazy shit that happens in this world. And the more I have an appreciation for um, things like, characters like The Blind Man and Don't Breathe because he, I mean, I guess it, it's like a, there but for the grace of God go I situation you a lot of people like to think it's why we call people like Jeffrey Dahmer like a monster because we don't want to think that that could be us yeah but if you read everything about like a Jeffrey Dahmer or you learn everything about a blind man from Don't Breathe you start to piece together you go like well here um maybe if I had had xyz scenarios as a kid and you know think like Jeffrey Dahmer's his his um, his emotional like growth and puberty and dead animals got weirdly intertwined at just the right moment and like he started getting yeah. turned on by like insides and that was the end of that and then you know 19 people later or however many people he killed and you know you don't want to think that could be you but yeah. if you look at the blind man and don't breathe he's he he had a he had a real big hurt um, and he's a badass, and he, you know, he's a complex character, and he, um, 
you know, you, you maybe he does monstrous things, but he, he has reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, was, I was trying to think of other uh, villains that I loved. I have to say, uh, the Emperor in the first three Star Wars Ooh. was really scary. So scary. He, he was very, very scary. Um, you know what really scared me a lot too? Not the movie, but certain parts of the movie, the uh, Coppola Dracula. Yeah. Gary Oldman, there's uh, at the beginning, there's like this, this intro to the movie, and he loses his wife. He comes back from the Crusades fighting for God. And when he comes back, he discovers that, that um, his wife jumped off the tower because she thought he was dead. He Ugh. died in battle, right? So he, it was a lie. Someone sent it's a like letter. It's like a Romeo Juliet yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Send, a letter, send her a letter, yeah, Dracula died, and she's like, oh, I can't live anymore. She jumps off the tower. Count Dracula comes back, and he uh, gets really mad and kind of like resigns to... to, to uh, God and everything and turns into this uh, devil's soldier or whatever he is and that scene is so scary yeah. so so scary only because his performance Gary Oldman's performance it's yeah. like it's like I'm just I'm getting like goosebumps <laughs> I'm sort of going <laughs> fucking good yeah. so crazy then the movie uh, starts losing its um, sure I do the same thing though. I'll find moments in yeah. movies where it's like maybe the movie wasn't like the world's best, yeah. but if there's something you can yes. a, a little snippet you can take away that obviously that sticks with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. Um, what's the hardest kill for you to watch in a horror movie? Do you have like a button where you're just like, nope, can't look at that? Uh, that's that's tough. <laughs> That I can't. I'm like the thing is like I'm pretty. Uh, you pretty desensitized. And pre- is there and anything pretty, that makes you go like Ugh. perverted? So uh-huh. to say like I, I've watched everything. Yeah. I watched everything. I also watched. This is gonna come across horrible, but uh, it's gonna sound horrible. But anyway, I I watch a lot of like real stuff. Like on I don't know. Like I get, you know, you start browsing stuff and then you got hooked into this and this and this and blah, 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 and, you and then you're on live whatever. leak and you see people getting beheaded and like you, you end up seeing watching like horrible stuff and um and actually some ideas for for movies uh we got from 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 doing that yeah uh the the, the when uh, mia in evil dead uh slices her tongue with a box cutter mm-hmm. that was I got in, I got to one video of a girl getting that done. You know, you go to like place with you know like yeah. getting a uh, piercing or something, and it's yeah. like you get a split tongue. Yeah. You know? There's some people that are yeah. into that. They they are. Yeah. So they were like, she was just like putting a, uh, a, a a piercing in the tongue, but it was the the split tongue. So they were like, okay, and they grabbed with this like tweezers or tongue, and then with a really sharp blade, they went like, and I was like, holy fuck, that was so. Uh, you know, yeah, horrible. And that and image of Mia in that movie will never leave yeah. my mind. And I and I right away called Fetty and I was like, hey, she, you know, maybe that scene where Natalie is like uh, defending herself, she would grab a box cutter and she's trying to, you know, defend herself and you know, swaying this, uh, trying to stab her. And then Mia grabs the thing. What if she instead of like instead of hurting Natalie, she hurts herself and she splits her tongue. And Fede was like, oh, that's great. And then she kisses her. Yeah. 
There's something about like not only self mutilation but gleeful self mutilation. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah. bad enough. Like I forget the character's name, but the I think she was the nurse in uh, she, yeah. the character who was the nurse when she. I remember being in the theater and watching her on the ba- on the floor of the like bathroom, and you know what's cu- you know something bad's gonna happen. He's yeah. approaching her and she's like turning around, and you know it's gonna be bad. That anticipation is just terrible, and she's and she hurts herself. Um, and then the girl who cuts her arm off, like, that's bad enough to watch them hurt themselves, but Mia's like, yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah, watch yeah, yeah. this and you're going to like yeah. it. There's a, uh, yeah, something about the tongue. It's oh, such a sensitive, sensitive part of the body that it's like, ugh, it's chilly. It heals fast, though. That's what I heard. That's what I've heard. You but, know, you get a tongue piercing, apparently, like, give it a week and you're set. Oh, my God, I can't. I, I don't have any piercings. I just hate the idea of like you know yeah i i love the way they look um yeah i do have i do have quite a few tattoos and um i do i don't like i don't like the pain but i can understand better now why there's people who like hang themselves on hooks and stuff i know oh i found it there it is um i know people have gone to shows to like watch people do that and i can't believe but um uh I can understand though, like when people go like, "Oh my God, it's like a transcendent experience." Like yeah. I feel whatever. I don't wa- don't misunderstand. I don't want to do that. I don't think I don't find pleasure in it. Yeah, but you but you get it. When I like, I have a big tattoo on my on my ribs, and when I was in, there were times in the middle of that where my I have no way to explain this except like my brain separated from my body. Yeah. Like I was outside of myself, and I was just like, "Well," I mean, like it was like shock. Yeah. Where I was just like, okay, well, I can't actually concentrate on anything. I feel like my head's floating above my body and I'm looking down, I'm looking down at myself. And like, I don't, I can intellectually remember that experience yeah. now. And it's like, wow, you really can achieve some kind of weird thing through pain. Yeah. I don't, I wasn't there for that. I wanted yeah, the yeah, tattoo yeah. and that was like a weird consequence. But I, I kind of feel like I get yeah, why people could be, would chase that if they, if that's could be some thing. sort of meditation in a way, right? Totally. Um... Yeah, uh, I remember, I'm oh, no, sorry, going back to, to the Evil Dead and the self-mutilation, I think that was, uh, I just remember, that was the, the first idea that we had for the movie. The first idea was that, like, how, how do we make these people look like monsters? Because, you know, the first, the first Evil Dead, they get possessed, they turn around, and they look like a monster. Yeah. You know? So we're like, that's not physically possible. Like, what does the demon do? Like, like okay, I'm inside a body, now we're going to take care of, like, your cheekbones are going to be like, and they push them out. What, what the, you know, what the How fuck does do they do? Happen? How does that happen? And um, so we're like, what's the coolest and most realistic way to have someone turn into a monster? And we're like, what if like you shape yourself as a monster? You shape the monster, right? You cut yourself, you whatever do yourself. Whittle, it's like whittling wood. You yeah, carve yeah. Carve it down. You, you carve the monster out of your out of your body. So we thought that was cool, and 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 it worked and paid off. Uh, but I, I remember speaking about this you know, pain. I don't, maybe you know, I don't remember which movie it was. It was one of these, uh, not Night of the Living Dead or, you know, a spin off or something. And it was this girl, kind of like a punk rocker, cool girl, that uh, was becoming um, an undead. And, and she needed pain. Like, she needed pain. It was like, you know, like this, like, like a drug. She needed to feel pain and oh more and God. more and more pain so she'd be like piercing herself with uh, nails and stuff like all over you know like, as the movie progressed she would like do it more and more and more and she was with with with, with her boyfriend 
and her, and her boyfriend was trying to, to protect her so she would like hide kind of like a, like a drug addict that hides oh. to get his fix she would hide and like and pierce you know her legs or whatever and then wow. you know stab a knife through her calf or whatever and then the boyfriend was like you did it again I'm so sorry yeah to and she was it was it was it was an interesting concept I wow. remember I don't remember what movie was. I don't know What's that either I'm gonna have to find that I'm sure yeah, someone who's listening will know yeah 80s early 90s maybe I don't remember but it was cool yeah that's so really there, messed there's, up there's people that feel that way maybe yeah <laughs> Um, all right, this is kind of the last, like, general fun horror question. If you could live in any town in a horror movie, which town would it be? Any town in a horror movie? Mm. <laughs> for the rest of my life, or, like, for a week? For a week. For a week? Uh, just to walk around. Maybe not live, but just visit. Well... Uh, you know what? I don't. I don't. Th- I don't know if it's horror, but kinda the Tim Burton's uh, the uh, Johnny. What's the fuck? oh Edward Scissorhands? No, 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 no. Because no, no. uh, I know the. I can't remember the name in English. I'm uh-huh. sorry. Oh, that's what fine. What is it? The the uh, Christopher Walking without a head. The uh, oh Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. Yes. I would what live an, there. What a good answer. I would live there for sure. It's I'm not sure it's a movie. horror movie. Oh, There's yeah. Horror. That movie is, is so bloody. There's a yeah. lot of blood in that movie. Yeah, I forgot scary. until it's I rewatched scary. it. Yeah, I love is. that movie. It's made, like, there are parts of it that are pretty spooky, and the, the Headless Horseman is really, God, I love Sleepy Hollow. I love the book. If you've never heard it, it's so yeah. ugh, it's beautiful. But uh, I just love how, like, how just drenched in blood that movie is. Like, yeah, it's it is. So it's it just is. it's beautifully gothic and like yes, that's and, a and, good answer. And Christopher Walken is amazing in that movie too. Yeah. Uh, and you know what else? Um, I, I'm not really a fan of the movie, but but actually the thing that I liked about the movie most is the first act because it's like a a, a, a window into the life of these people in this little town, which is uh, Thirty Days of Night. Yes. I totally enjoyed the first like 20 minutes where there's no vampires or anything <laughs> just like you know like the insight of how these people live in such a weird strange uh, place in the world you yeah. know? and, and I, I would love to, to, to visit that town that's a good answer um, not that there are any wrong answers. <laughs> so I just want to talk a little bit about um, your movies and your experience kind of working um, on them. You, you, so I know that there's obviously, there's probably, there, there are no like, I'm guessing with you and Fede working together, there aren't any like strictly defined roles. You I mean, you have a writing credit on Evil Dead and then you, you co-produced, you produced on Don't Breathe. Was there like a major difference um, in your experience and involvement in, in producing versus um, writing or? No, not really because uh, uh, Fede and I have been friends for forever, for more than 20 years. And so we are, uh, we hang together a lot of time other than working, right? So we, you know, we're constantly talking about uh, whatever, you know? So, I mean, he's uh, directing his uh, on pre-production and we will meet every day, right? It's not like a, a regular screenwriter-director uh, relationship would be, you know, the screenwriter handles the script and and they'll meet at the premiere, you know? Right. But in this case, since we, like, are hanging all the time, we're, I, I 
help him with 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 the with all the process through pre-production, you know, casting and uh, uh, especially casting, and uh, you know then. Uh, location scouting he would send me pictures hey what do you think about this you know and, so, and then of course when um, when we're cutting the movie I'm like I'm there since scratch like since the first very first raw cut yeah and I, I I'm not gonna say I'm, I'm there all the time but I every two or three days I swing by and I Fetish shows me stuff and uh, so so that I also did in Evil Dead yeah. but Evil Dead wasn't our property so you don't get the producer credit. But uh, yeah, the, my involvement was exactly the same. The, the, the difference is Don't Breathe is a re, an original idea and we wrote it on spec, so it's, uh, we own it. And uh, so only because of that, we are already producers in the movie. Are there ever any moments, in, speaking of editing, um, are there ever any moments in the editing process where you're just like, where, where it's hard for you to tell what's scary anymore what's what beats are working when you've watched these things over and over and i always wonder about that like how do I mean, you that's that's get, the trick. how do you see that fresh you know it's impossible and actually i think that's why that's why fede wants me to 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 come over and watch the movie at that point because i mean an evil dead i i wasn't sad most of the time so when i saw the cut i knew what i was going to see on Don't Breathe, I only went on set a couple of times. And uh, so when I watched the cut, I hadn't seen anything. Yeah. So I had like a fresh perspective and, and I could like kind of know uh, if the scares were, scares, there's no scares. Uh, there's no really scares. It's no. just like if the tension, if the tense scenes were working or not. And, and I remember, I totally remember when I, when he showed me the first cut, it was like only like, on, he had a cut until it wasn't even first cut. It was like forty minutes. So uh, and I watched that and I was like, oh my god, this is so fucking. That's cool. all people talk about is you like literally. I've heard so many people describe not being able to breathe yeah, while yeah. watching that movie, which is hilarious to me. They're like, I don't know how else to say it. I just like I couldn't even breathe. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you realize what you're doing right now. And they're like, I don't know what else to say because yeah. it, it's such a tense. Because the, tr yeah. the, the trick and the, the, the fear that we had is think about it. You have on the page, forget about the movie that you saw. Think of the page, the script. The script, you have this uh, thugs, like young adult thugs that break into a house. And there's an old army bed, but old and blind. So we're like, isn't this going to be kind of stupid? Like, how are we going to... like? How is the guy going to be scary and, and, and menacing enough that the kids are going to... Because the whole trick, the whole trick is that they're going to have to be still and, don't, and not move because the guy spots you, right? That was the whole gimmick of the movie. Yeah. And, and we're like, it's not going to work. The guy's an old guy. I mean, people are going to be like, just fucking punch knock the guy. Knock over the old man. Knock him, knock him down. And it's easy. It's yeah. no money. He's blind. Yeah. So that was kind of like the biggest challenge. But then when I, when I, so when I first saw the cut... It was all about that. Is that going to work or not? And then it worked. And I was like, oh my God, it works, it works. Like the guy is threatening and menacing. And, it, and you, you see this, you watch the scenes and you absolutely understand that they don't stand a chance against, against the guy. He's yeah. so strong they and big into and, the lion's and fast. I mean, he, they, they can't fight that guy. They just can't. They yeah. would, he would kill them. And I, that was the most challenging thing. And it was the, the most relieving moment when, when I saw that. And I was like, 
it works. Like the trick, you know, yeah. works. You said um, you said uh, you were talking about your involvement, especially casting. I'm not of course it's so important what are you looking for like what is what is your casting process are you guys um, you know going on on a couple of pages of dialogue are you um, asking anybody to improv ever which can be really painful and tough I mean how do you how do you find the right people uh, it, it depends on the role the, for the role of the blind guy we uh, we knew that we, we needed a really really good actor first of all it sounds silly, but most of the times that is not the the, 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 the first uh, requisite when people are casting a movie. They're like, oh, I want a girl that looks hot and whatever. And then, yeah. oh, and it's better if she can't act. <laughs> well, no, we love uh, good actors. And, and especially for this role, we needed a really, really, really great actor. So we went to the greatest actors that have that physique du role. And, and they could play the character. We went out to them, and these guys will not come to an audition and read for you. It's just like you send them the script. If they like it, then you get together and you and you and you see. Uh, so we went through a lot of guys that either couldn't do it or thought it was not the appropriate role for their careers or whatever, or just didn't like it. And um, and then we find we found uh, Stephen Lang. He reacted to the script. He loved it. He called Fede and they talked like for two hours about the character, the movie, the movie stuff, a lot of stuff. And, um, and then he read for, for us. He made, I think he made a, he made a video. Uh, we saw him and he was like, of course, this, this guy's fucking amazing. It's yeah. Stephen Lang. He's a great actor and he's scary. He was scary in Avatar. It was really scary. Um, so with that character, it was like that. With the other... With the three guys, with uh, Dylan, uh, Danny, and, and Jane, they they auditioned many times. They came back many many times. Then they, we did the the how you call it a uh, uh, mix and match mm-hmm. when you put two actors yeah. together. Yeah. Uh, so we did that many times. Like we we didn't want to say yes until we were like absolutely sure that they were the best people that we could get yeah. and, and Fed is very very uh, demanding with that and also because the, 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 this roles were very demanding at, at, a, at every level they had to be really good actors they had to be physically able to withstand I've all heard the, Jane Levy talk about how, how brutal filming yeah. this movie was and Evil Dead it was yeah oh god Crazy. Not to, not to, blood, just, just a blood rainstorm. Yeah. You blood know, rainstorm. enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. Blood, and it was kind of cold. It wasn't warm. I'm sure. Oh, and I've been covered in blood and dirt and gravel and, and meat and in the cold as the sun is going down. It's fun. <laughs> super fun for a while, but it's not pleasant. I want to know what, what was that occasion? It was a was, short was it film like a called, it was a short film called, um, uh, what was it called? Catholic Schoolgirl Chainsaw Showdown, where <laughs> two of us battled with chainsaws. Interesting. Um, I could probably find it for you. It's not I great, watch it. I watch it. but it's fun. Um, and I get, I get, I get killed with you a get chainsaw. Killed? Yeah, that's cool. That's I mean, time. Jane Levy. Uh, I don't know which one was worse, this one or, or Evil Dead. In Evil Dead, she got buried. That scene where she's buried with a plastic bag on her face. She was buried. She was totally buried, and the plastic bag is a real plastic bag. It had, I think it had like a whole device, like a tube 
with air that yeah but that's not going to address your mental like resistance to being buried alive like there's something in your brain and your body and your like fight or flight that's going to go nope nope this is not so like she i'm sure she had to just go like okay you're not dying and like do some real mental gymnastics no that was that was that was tough that was definitely tough because she had to stay out for two or three hours. She's such a couldn't badass. Move, couldn't do anything. Oh my and then, God. are you okay? Yeah. Okay, now we're going to put a plastic bag on your face. And you're going to have to breathe and, and it has to, it's going to have to feel that you're suffocating. It's like, how are you going to do that? Just suffocating. You know, just, how much more can we put you it. through? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was kind of a nightmare. But she took it like a champ and she killed it. She killed in both. I think she killed in both moves, especially in Don't Breathe. She's, she's amazing. Yeah. She's so good. Um, are you a collector? Do you? Li- I don't. But no, a lot not, of people collect like figures and. I would love that, but I'm not because I lose everything. Yeah. I lose. Actually, we have. Uh, well, I'm gonna show you. We have. I I put it there because because we were gonna totally destroy them. I have the book for from Evil Dead, yeah. the real one oh, that we sh- used in the movie, and the real turkey baster from Don't Breathe. Wow. Right there. Wait, okay, speaking of Turkey Baster, <laughs> let me just ask, was that something you guys wrote beforehand? Yeah, 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 definitely. Can I, this is something I was going to ask you, because I interviewed you guys, um, and I, I thought, I showed up thinking it was going to be a print interview, thank God I'd, like, done my makeup that day, because it was on camera, <laughs> and I was, I was kind of shitting my pants, because I was really excited, and I hadn't really done, I'd done one other junket before. Um, I was actually, I interviewed um, Kimberly Pierce, who did the Carrie remake. Yeah. For their DVD release, and I were they were they did as a promotion. They did a blood dump, like they had it set up where they would dump you with blood, like for, in the movie. Really? And so I wore literally wore my prom dress, and I got a little <laughs> crown and a corsage, and then I got I can show you. But um, uh, but amazing. that was my first time doing that, and I was just like, I can't turn down a chance to get dumped with blood. Um, but when I interviewed you, when I realized I was on, we were on camera, and it wasn't just uh, us. There were like twelve people. Uh, I didn't, I was like, I am, I scrapped a question because I was like, I'm not going to do this okay, in front shoot, of all these people. Shoot. But, um, you know, I, I, I think sometimes, I don't, hmm, I usually, I start like seven sentences before I finish one. <laughs> so, of course, I'd never seen anything like that turkey baster scene in Don't Breathe. Um, and the just terrifying political environment we live in in this country right now um, the last like you know year and a half has just been like insane and as a woman I feel like I've always kind of taken um, my reproductive rights for granted because I've, I've yeah. always just gone well if um, anyway I have a choice I have choices yeah. and um, there's, there's something about watching Don't Breathe that felt like whether you mean for it to or not because you kind of maybe maybe you're pulling from the ether maybe it's just like that's fucked up. I've never seen that before. But as a woman watching that, I was like, um, more specifically, what he's trying to do to her, which if you haven't seen the movie, um, I won't really explain, I guess. But uh, And it's not rape, but it's not not in a certain sense. Yeah. And I guess um, there was something about that that was so, in, a, in some ways, I don't know how to, I, I guess I'm just wondering um, if you've heard from any other women that, ab- about how like affecting that was because of like, like we're facing right now again, it's like Roe v. Wade has been like in place in this country, like abortion rights forever yeah. for decades. And now it's like people are trying to take it down again. Yeah. And like, we're, we're worried about like losing control of our reproductive rights. And this moment in this movie, I just watched it and I was like, 
I'm going to have nightmares about this. Um, thank God, like, what happens afterward and what, like, the guy gets what's coming to him and it's yeah. the most fucking beautiful, like... But anyway, have you heard... So that's my very long-winded way and I, what I couldn't kind of say in front of all these other people, but I, I'm wondering if, you, like, wh- how much thought went into, like, a- that moment and have you heard from anybody else that was like, I'm a woman and that really fucked me yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean... I got that a lot. I got from a lot of people. I got, um, you know, a lot of people were like, kind of like, uh, I don't know, uh, annoyed, upset, maybe about that, and and, and, and asked. And a lot of people asked me like, why do you guys did that? Like, you shouldn't have done it. It was wrong. You shouldn't have done it. Oh boy. Yeah, I There's got that no many times. wrong in movies. That, yeah, it's it's art, right? And it's art, and art is the medium that we people agree that it's it's the place to express ourselves without any boundaries because we all agree that it's not real it's just a representation of something it's a metaphor uh, so I think it, 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 it should be sacred it is uh, and, but we have to protect that and, and I couldn't agree that, more uh, you know the sacred aspect of, of that in art we human beings are allowed to do anything and, uh, and I totally believe that. Um, yeah, a lot of people got annoyed and got pissed, and I think I think that's amazing. I love it. Yeah. I, 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 the whole point we make this kind of movies is we want to scare people, we want to piss people, we want to shock people. With the video, we say the same thing. Like, he, if we show the movie and no one leaves the theater, then we fail, right? It should be <laughs> right. I mean, you want people to react that way. Yeah. And how do we we came up with that? Um, the, the movie, the, fir- the very first draft, it wasn't about that. It was uh, the, the, the reason why the blind guy had that girl in the basement is because he was punishing her. He was giving her the sentence that the legal that system she didn't... she got out of. Yeah. yeah. So he was doing that. And, uh, and we felt, that we kind of felt like it was... Uh, we couldn't put in words and explain it, but if we felt it was not exciting enough, right? It was like, oh, yeah, guy, it's like bringing justice and he's blind and blind justice whatever like he was like connected to the theme somehow and it made sense but it wasn't uh, for some reason we felt it wasn't as exciting and then uh, I thought I, 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 I came up with the idea with a different twisted idea of justice they were like okay we're still going to be in this it's about justice but justice now is going to be about uh, this person giving back what, 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 what she took, right? And, and I thought that was a really interesting point of view. You could, you could, I mean, interesting, funny and twisted, but that you could understand, like there's a certain logic behind it, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's absolutely horrible, but there's a logic. But he has, I mean, that's what's beautiful about it. Is he, he, he has this morality that yeah. he sets for himself. He goes, I'm not a rapist. Yeah, and, 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 and he doesn't even want to hurt her. That's the truth. He doesn't want to hurt her. He just wants her to repay to give him back what she took from yeah. him and and we thought that that was really interesting and then uh we pushed it a, fur, uh, a step further because that brought the question of okay so what is he going to do is he going to rape her and there was a draft where that was the idea yeah. and he was about to rape her and then the guy showed up blah, blah, blah. alex showed up uh and then uh, we started. Uh, we thought. We thought about what about like artificial insemination. Okay, but how do you do that in the basement? Like, yeah. uh, do, you, do you have to be in a lab, right? I guess I don't know. 
and, and we started researching and, and Fede found out that actually the turkey baster it's like it's it's if people real, are gonna do home insemination yeah that's what they do so people use that. that's right so we're like wow that's that's that that's crazy that's that's good let's let's do it mm -hmm. and then that further uh, beat that we were talking about yeah. after uh, after the girl is free that was something that just happened uh, on set and that, it's that's a beautiful moment and that's how cool that's how cool Stephen Lang is because not many actors would agree to do that oh my god for many reasons and and, and he was like bring it on let's do it so, i love that well amazing. to just be a little bit more eloquent about what i was trying to say i think i just really um it was really affecting for me because i as i think as women we go f a lot of times in society's view from being somebody's daughter to being somebody's mother yeah. like we are we are we are so often defined by the men that we are around because that's still unfortunately we've got a long way to go and and it's better in this country than others in many ways but um and and to have him use her as like a vessel in that way was just i was just i just really identified with you know yeah. not a, not that specific situation but like you just you feel for and like jane levy's such a boss like she's just She's just, I mean, anyway, but I do think, I think when you're doing, when you're making a horror movie, um, when it comes to the, those kinds of like shocking scenes, and the whole movie's not that. The movie is yeah. these characters in a really compelling situation. So when you do something like that, that's really shocking, it has a lot of impact because you really care about the characters. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think uh, a lot of people also called uh, this movie misogynistic, right? Uh, and I, I, I do understand why say people, some people would think about it that way. But it's absolutely not. What I think it is, it's, and I think all films are, in a way, they're a, a, a portrait or representation of whatever uh, situation uh, we're living at the time. I mean, the, the world's time. misogynistic, right? I if mean, you're you, telling a story that features that, it doesn't yeah. mean you're endorsing it. Yeah. You know? yeah no, I don't, not at all. If those characters are not us. You know? yeah. and, and, and what are they? The representation of what of the way that we see the world around us or a part of the world. It's a horror movie. So we are, uh, uh, you know, we are uh, focusing on the most fucked up part of the world. You know right. what I mean? But that's, it's a representation of, of, of what we see and, and, and feel that's out there. And I think all movies are that. You know, like 200 years from now, they're going to watch, uh, for instance, uh, I don't know, they're going to watch Terminator and they're going to say, oh, at that point in time, people were scared of you know it was like the technology was the rise of technology and computers and this idea of like the artificial intelligence and what if the computers take over that was the thing that was a that was a subject yeah. at that point in time yeah it still is but you know what i mean so 200 years from now they're going to say they're going to uh, watch this movie and they're going to learn about what kind of society we were yep. what were what were our fears what were our, you know so i think this movie also works that way you know you're gonna you're gonna Hundred years from now, you watch the movie. You 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 are gonna guess. Oh, at that point in time, you know, uh, some part of the, the 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 youth was like uh, had lost all hope, and they were like kind of lost, uh, no direction, and yeah, and the world was misogynistic, and 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 a, and a woman, some a guy would would see a woman as a vessel in sure. this case, and I think that happens. Yeah. And it's just a representation. Right? I think there's another element in Don't Breathe that's going to, if we're talking 200 years from now, you look back on it, um, of like, of, of class class differences. And you've got Stephen Lang's character who, 
you know, I mean, he's got all this money from this settlement now, but before that, I'm guessing he, you know, if he's a vet, we don't yeah. treat our vets really well in this country. No. He's probably, I mean, can you imagine, I mean, in the desperation that you feel when some rich bitch runs your kid over and kills your kid and then pays their way out of it. You couldn't pay your way out of that. Like, ju- you know, in the feeling of injustice of like, well, Absolutely. if you have enough money, you can pay your way out of anything. Absolutely. And then the retribution for that, it's visceral. And like, yeah. while it's not right what he does, you can you can see why someone would like, in their pain, feel that twisted logic. And yeah. I think movies like, I think movies like that and like a couple of years ago, um, Would You Rather? Yeah. Like, you know, movies like that where it's like someone, people with the money have the power and we're in like, we're a really fucked up situation right now where there are a lot of poor people. There's like no middle class in this country yeah. anymore. I mean, um, it's absolutely that. It's, in, in, it's not, the interesting thing is, it's not, there's no intention like, oh, let's show this and this and that. It's just what, 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 what comes out naturally uh, when we're writing the story and those things come out naturally because it's the world that we live in yeah. you know and it's uh, and, and, but but that's the, what I'm saying is I, I truly believe that it's movies are kind of like a portrait of the world or a certain society at that point in time you yep. know and I and, 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 and I think it is you know looking back yeah there's social injustice there's uh, uh, you know this uh portrayal of this broken system where you kill someone and you can pay your way your way off and i think that maybe you know now you take for granted you think you see that in the movie you're like yeah it totally makes sense right maybe a hundred years from now they're gonna they're gonna be studying that and they're gonna see oh at that point in time those things happen right that's crazy right you know what i mean right but it's a slice but yeah uh, the same way, like I don't know, like only a hundred years ago, people would gather around the, the a park to see how they hang uh, prisoners. Yeah. And like, hey, you go there with the kids and see how they hang people Sunday afternoon, right? Yeah. Only a hundred years ago. Yep. And now we look at that, and if and we, if if we could see movies from the from 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 that era, from the early you know early twentieth uh, century, you would see that. You're like, oh my God, that used to happen in, in that world at that time, you know? Yeah. So I think uh, movies are a representation yeah. of, of a certain uh, moment in time. Well, I am so glad that you, I mean, I, I get your, I, I'm hearing the criticism, like I haven't heard a ton of it, but I, I, it sounds like you have, of don't breathe being misogynistic or whatever. The thing is, once you put these babies out into the world, you lose control over how people are gonna react, but, by and large, both of these movies that you've done have been really well received, and I couldn't be happier about that because I love them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you much. so much for talking to me. No, thank I could, you. I could. I'm not going to bleed you for your time right now. Listen, I enjoy talking about movies. I enjoy yes. talking about this stuff. So it's it's my pleasure. So thank you, and um, uh, I know our listeners thank you. And um, I mean, that's it. That's all I got. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Screams. Stay tuned to Boys and Ghouls for more fright-filled episodes in the coming year. Until then, and as always, beware the moon.